Hello everybody, this is Curtis from Tremble letting you know that we are brought to you by Shudder. Shudder is the horror movie streaming service that brings you all the latest and greatest that horror has to offer. But you don't have to take my word for it. You can use TremblePod, that's T-R-E-M-B-L-E-P-O-D, when you sign up for an account. This will give you a free 30-day trial on us, so you can check it out for yourself. With that said, let's get on with this week's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Trouble, the horror movie podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Steven Taylor. How are you two doing? Doing all right. Yeah. yeah. It's a fun week. Yeah. Uh, definitely leaning. Well, actually, I was going to say 90s horror, but Pumpkinhead was like 88, so not quite. But uh, leaning into that uh, late 80s, early 90s horror with... Uh, well, last episode of Pumpkinhead. Now we're talking about Wishmaster. Uh, a movie. It's, that... it's the Dighty Conjuring. Yeah. Which double funny. feature. Yeah. You know, wish. Be careful what you wish for. Double feature. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, maybe this year when it's Thanksgiving down in the States, because Lord knows we've already had our Thanksgiving up here. Um, you know, you're snapping that wishbone. Be careful what you wish for, because maybe it might come true. Exactly. Um, Maybe you might get turned into a pane of glass, and then a evil genie will walk through you and shatter you. <laughs> There's a lot to talk about with Wishmaster, both good or bad. Uh, good <laughs> uh, There's parts of this movie that I'm like, I've never seen anything like this before. This is fucking amazing. There's parts of this movie that I'm like, this movie is so fucking stupid. But. <laughs> I largely balance out to a positive, but yeah, this movie is a lot of movie, for sure. I guess we, should, we were talking about this a little bit off air, but they they've got the new Friday the Thirteenth series that they announced coming soon. So yeah, that, that's exciting. Um, Absolutely. I think Fazzle, of course it won't have Jason. Well, he actually said that it might. So because there was a little bit of confusion on that, people thought maybe they might not be able to use the mask and Jason. Uh, what he said is that the movies are limited in what mm-hmm. they can use, but because it's a streaming show, the rights are a little bit more free to use whatever you want. So he says anything from the movies and video games and uh, books and comics are all usable. So mm-hmm. we could get Jason in the mask. I though I, I do imagine that a show like this would probably save that for like you know, like a season three or four. You're probably not going to just jump into having Jason wearing the mask right away, which I'm fine with. You know, everyone loves Bakehead Jason, so maybe we get some more Bakehead Jason. Mm, <laughs> that was super creepy, too. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Uh, but back to Wishmaster, uh, the official summary. A demonic djinn, uh attempts to grant its owner three wishes which will allow him to summon his brethren to earth he's definitely got a little bit of a of a reason for that you know he wants people to summon his buddies to the party that party man can earth can you imagine what this movie would have been if it was multiple jinn who were granting wishes and fucking people up like it would the whole earth would basically be that party scene or the yeah. scene from the beginning of the movie, that would be insane. Yeah. Why couldn't it be Jin Vengers? <laughs> <laughs> Wishmaster Endgame. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, man. Um, 
there is well there is like sequels to this movie too so I don't again think... and it's not a path you really want to go down no leave it at the first wish master which even then again we'll have discussions about this but i'm like i don't think it's really that great of a movie but I mean, it's it's one of those horror movies that it it's tough because the kills are so good, and sometimes in horror, mm. that's all you really need is just some great fucking kills. Yeah. But in my opinion, all the plot, all the plot in between those and the characters, and I just I don't know if I don't know if I care about them. I don't know if I care about their relationships. I'm not sure if I really care about. I mean, I liked the the sisters. Honestly, I I liked the younger sister more than I liked the main character sister. If I'm being real honest, but yeah, um, and her her kill scene was pretty good too. Actually, I I think technically the sister's death scene was one of the more tame deaths in this movie, considering everything that happens. But well, there's a lot oh, yeah. of deaths in this too. I like looked it up online. There's a total of 55 kills in this movie. Holy, like. It goes for broke. Like, most movies are probably, like, around 10 to 15 kills, maybe. Yeah. But Wishmaster was like, nope, we're going for broke. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my, not my favorite, but the one when he puts the security guard into the glass door. Oh, yeah. Played by Kane Hodder. <laughs> Fuck. That one was pretty obscure. I was like, what is happening? And then you realize he's just the glass. I thought, too, that the djinn was going to, like, crash through the glass, but he kind of, like, warps through it, and then it shatters afterwards. So just very interesting. Yeah. And, like, um, the, 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 oh, my goodness, I don't, I'm totally blanking on the actor's name, but the Candyman, when he's outside the, the door as the security guard, Oh. And he like, he he like, do you want an escape from your life? And he goes, yeah, okay. And then he he's in like the Houdini trap with the, the water and the. I was like, that's a bit of a reach there, Mister Genie. But okay, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, what was the first time we watched this movie? Uh oh, probably roughly around when it came out. Yeah, this was another one that I actually hadn't heard of before it was brought up on the podcast. So I watched it for the podcast. Yeah, it was the Wes Craven connection that I, how I knew about it initially. Mm hmm. Uh, yeah, this is a first time watch for me. Never seen. Oh, before. wow. Yeah. I'm surprised, actually. I know. I was like, mm. I remember seeing the video covering the rental stores, and I was always like, hmm. But for some reason, my parents would never let me rent that one. So, which the cover really has no bearing on the movie. No. Yeah. The cover looks nothing like anything that appears in this movie whatsoever. It looks like a vampire flick. Yeah. It does. It very much does look like a vampire flick. It's very, it's very misleading. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think even like at one point, one of my parents was like, "That movie's not good," and I was like, "All right, I guess we're not watching it." And I never did get to watch it. So finally, fuck you, parents. I finally got to watch this movie. And <laughs> can't see why you didn't want me watching this. <laughs> um, yeah. But this was, uh, this was an interesting experience. There was a lot of kills in this. I was very pleasantly surprised by that. But then anytime a character opened their mouth, I'm like, just shut the fuck up. Just please just shut the fuck up. This is too much. 
the other than the other than the actual gin, because every line yeah. that comes out of his mouth is is pretty good, to be honest. Yeah, it's mostly all the human characters that were just yeah. I'm just like, just please shut the fuck up. You, you should not be talking right now. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Even England is fucking awful. Yes. <laughs> Most just like really bad. They brought in some like Tony Todd's in this for a bit too, and he wasn't that great. I'm like, you're Tony Todd. You should be better than this. What the fuck? But, uh, Lee Intro emails. Dylan says, Andrew Divoff, enough said. Yeah. I don't know if that's a positive or a negative enough said, but sure. I don't know. I, he's, he's the best thing in this film. I, yeah. I, I, I will, just that, the, I mean, as soon as he like debuted like like in the flashlight like like as a human character the the smile the way he says wish <laughs> like there's just so much going on like he's fully given a genre performance in this one and i mean he's the strongest thing going in this movie besides the gore yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. i i mean he's the number one performance for me yeah. i'm i'm almost imagining a universe where because last episode we talked about Pumpkinhead, which I found Pumpkinhead himself to be kind of boring in terms of what he can do as an evil villain. Whereas this Wishmaster is almost the exact opposite. And I'm wondering if you had taken Wishmaster and put him into Pumpkinhead, and then taken Pumpkinhead and put him into this movie, Wishmaster would have been super boring, whereas Pumpkinhead would have been fucking awesome. So it's like, it's that weird thing of like, the last movie we watched, I enjoyed the plot way more, whereas Wishmaster, I enjoyed the evil villain so intensely he's just like he oozes the what everything you would want from an evil villain basically he's super sassy too so he's got some great lines and you you almost by the end of the movie you're like you know what yeah just kill everyone let's let's see what it, let's see what happens when the djinn come back to earth because i kind of want to see that <laughs> yeah return to the djinn uh that should have been a subtitle of one of the sequels and probably was not yeah i definitely have no interest in watching the sequels but i am slightly curious to see what they do with the djinn in the others in the other movies because it can't it can't come close to what they do with it in this movie no uh reed says really underrated classic (laughs) arguable but (laughs) i don't know if i would ever use the word classic with this movie i'm sorry to say but it was an interesting watch. Well, I'll leave it at that. But I, I I hold that it's entertaining as all hell. It's messy, and like you said, like the I mean, you just want the female lead to die. Yes. <laughs> yeah. She was not but, I mean, maybe that's what it is. Maybe Wishmaster just doesn't have the best character to play off of in this movie, and that's kind of why I didn't care as much about her because she is kind of cookie cutter, like. There isn't really anything super standout about the character that she plays, so. No. Um, cool. Uh, best line in this movie, uh, pretty much anything the Jin says, because anything else does not go well. <laughs> I mean, that one time that he smashes the car window and go- says, going my way, and it's just so kind of hammy and corny, but also I loved it. And then he has <laughs> yeah. that... That other random line. All right, then fuck it. You know what I say? If you can't beat him, 
burn them, baby. And I was just like, oh, man, he's really not fucking around. No, he's so punny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if he wasn't out to torture and kill everyone, I might want to be his friend. <laughs> um, there's the exchange where Alexandra says, all right, I want you to destroy yourself. Blow your brains out right now. Yeah. And this is very well. He just picks up a gun, shoots himself, and then instantly heals. And then, yeah, he's like, uh, I can't do it, but that hurt like hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so bad. But that whole scene was just unnecessary in a lot of ways, but also great. So, um, yeah. Also, too, I mean, I don't know if it really counts, but at the end of the credits, you hear the Jin say, careful what you wish for. And that was yeah. Mm. Uh, careful what you wish. Oh, just it's always the anytime he says the word wish, he like can like, like extends it. Wish, oh, yeah, he really puts the emphasis on it. It's great. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, let's see, best performance, Andrew. Dillo. Yeah, I was just about to say that. Yeah, anybody but Laura, Tammy Lauren, anybody but <laughs> do much after this. No, I don't think so. I don't really recognize her at all besides this movie. She just like even her IMDb picture is her holding that jewel. Yeah. So the last yeah, thing she, she was really in did. was an episode of Criminal Minds in twenty fourteen. Oh, and she was in an episode of Two and a Half Men. So I oh, think just he has writhing her... on the force floor screaming and stuff. It's just like fuck off. <laughs> so I think the answer is she should this was her her one bay chance and she blew it so well if angus scrim is the narrator of this one too yeah oh yeah the, the amount of horror royalty in this one because we already brought up robert england but ted Raimi's in this movie yeah uh joseph pilato is in this movie I, um they don't do much with the cast though no 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 they like don't. on paper like the, the, the cast is awesome but like there's not really much of like a wink, wink, nudge, nudge scene. Like, you've got Tony Todd and King Hodder and Robert England. Is there ever a scene where you just get like the three of them just wink, wink, you know, or whatever? Like, not really. No. I, I'm I pretty sure. I think Tony Todd has a line at some he point does. where the the Jin like asks him, "Oh, is it, they're talking about who they are?" And and Tony Todd goes, "You don't know who I am," or something like that. And part of me was like, oh, "Wait, is, is he gonna is he gonna help fight the Jin? Is he gonna like have some sort of powers or something like that?" And then, of course, they never actually do anything with it. But no. I thought that was a, a little nudge, nudge too. Um, he drowns in a Houdini tank. Like, <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah, what? that that made no sense. It should have been bees. Oh, it should have been bees. It really should have been. I also like the woman that gets turned into the mannequin as well. That's oh. Great. Yeah, that was hilarious. That was hilarious that was shit. really uh, yeah. I actually kind of enjoyed that. Bec I I really like how okay yeah the the Houdini one was kind of a little out of left field, but I I do enjoy the the little lore of you wish for it and I will like monkey paw it basically and yeah. and you'll get your wish but at a cost and sometimes at the cost of your life. Mm -hmm. Um, I did that was fun. I liked that and I'm sure uh, in. In the canon of the movie, the the Jin has a great time with that. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. Um. 
best kill. <laughs> this is gonna be tough. There's so many good ones. Oh, I mean, God. there's, I mean, like you said, the skeleton that walks out of the guy's body in the beginning. Um, weird snake guy on the floor. Um, yeah. random cop that gets his jaw ripped out by <laughs> by mind controlled perp. Well, there's that one. That scene's fucking hilarious. There's one scene where one dude's stomach gets turned into a monster. That yeah. one's really funny too. Um, there's uh, Piano Wire, which is actually Robert Kurtzman, the yeah. director of the film. Oh, um, is the guy that gets killed by the piano wire. Um, oh, the the homeless guy who wishes for that store owner to die, and then he like basically melts in the middle of the store floor. That yeah, was that was that, one's, that was pretty metal. That one's hilarious. Um, oh my god, there's so many. I mean, even just when I was first watching this movie, the, the first kill is, like, the guy who gets basically Han Soloed against the wall. And that yeah. was... I wrote that, <laughs> I wrote that down in my notes because I was like, oh, fuck, that was kind of cool, not even realizing the entire scene that was going to come after that, basically. So um, at a certain point, I had to stop writing down all the kills because it was just getting too much. <laughs> if there's Yeah, there's just so much going on. Robert Englund barfing up that larva... Oh yeah, <laughs> there's there's just a lot going on in this movie. Mm-hmm. It's hard. That... It's hard to choose. I'm gonna go with the random cop getting his jaw ripped out because it's so funny. It's just so <laughs> funny because then he's like, oh, <laughs> like he makes the weirdest noise too, and it happens. It's so funny. It's funny too. And I love the shift from real person to dummy so much. Yeah. It just makes me laugh every time. It's also funny too that we complained about Pumpkinhead having very lackluster kills, and then Wishmaster was like, "Hold my beer." And just like, yeah. like, go for broke. Like, yeah. They're like, oh, we'll fix that for you. Don't worry. Yeah. I do I do like whatever monster was coming out of that guy's stomach and eating that other girl. That was that was pretty fun. That was almost a little comical, too, because it's just like yeah. one quick shot of it. You don't really see it come up again. And then you're just like, what? Was that dude's stomach eating someone? I don't understand. Dumbest decision in this movie. Uh, trusting anything the Jin tells you. Yeah, I mean, also maybe being drunk at work while you operate heavy machinery—that's probably not the best decision ever. That's like the always the black and white segments in those safety videos. Just like, don't do this. <laughs> yeah, don't do this, or you might unleash an evil genie. Yeah. Just all in, in direction and execution. Yeah. Yeah, fair. Casting Tammy Lauren. <laughs> I wonder if she's like, what she's up to nowadays, because it can't be much. Actually. No, I, I, I wouldn't even put that on my sizzle reel. I, she, <laughs> I, I hate to say this, but I wonder if she's still alive. Oh, she's still alive. Kurt's like I have a wish to make. I'm just saying, I I don't know. She just stops acting in 2014. I'm like, okay, well, usually it's because they just got like canceled or they they died or something. But (laughs) yeah. Um. But uh, cool. Well, apparently she still does circuits and. conventions for this movie so that's pretty much her her life now 
for better or for worse, she's embraced this movie. She's put everything all in on the Wishmaster franchise. So. Yikes. Well, good luck to her, then. Yeah. Yikes, pal. That'd be like if your only movie you ever were in was um, well, like some really bad horror movie. I get We've seen a few of them, but Father's Day, there you go. That might be one of the worst movies I've ever watched for this podcast. It'd be like if you were doing conventions and all that for Father's Day, and it's just probably like nobody cares. So, so nobody dies in, in the end, right? That's what it seems like, yeah. Yeah, like we're we're all everything's fine in the end, essentially. They do a giant retcon, and everyone turns out okay. Yeah, I just love that the the wishmaster can be just simply defeated by just like taking one little mundane moment out of life, and it just what? No, impossible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know, especially when every other wish backfires on you. Like you can't yeah. kill him with his own wishes. You can't just wish him away. You have to like think of one moment and even then i was like is this gonna work is he just gonna is the guy who's drunk just gonna be incompetent and just drop it anyways like i thought there was gonna be some sort of that happen but it just it just doesn't she just she she just wins i guess did you just use logic against me you little whore (laughs) yeah like i said this movie is probably not good anytime somebody opens their mouth but well, and there's that whole speech, too, about I've been alive for centuries, so you can't outwit me, and then she just does. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, she just... Yeah. Especially after the blowing the brains out thing. Yeah. Like... She just gets him, I guess. You I don't can't know. defeat me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Can and will. The one thing I hadn't thought of. I'm going to go with the same score I gave Pumpkinhead. I'm going to go with a 7.5 out of 10 because it's just a wild, ridiculous movie. And uh, honestly, I feel like it would play so well in an audience. Like, a, like again, I always bring this up all the time, but like a revival theater like this Rio or something like that. Yeah. Like, this is just, it's it's wild. Especially, like, from that opening scene. Like, it doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't really relent. Um, I, I think before we started recording all this, I call it Candyman on steroids because it's just kind of like, fuck everything. We just want to show this crazy shit. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it just, it just, it, it's like, I don't really need depth of character. Uh, don't worry about the, the villain because as soon as Andrew Divoff gets in it, he's just going to be creepy and it's just going to be fine. Yeah. And then, and then like, look at all these horror people and we're not going to do much with them, but look at them. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just kind of like it just throws all the wet spaghetti at the wall and sees what stick, and not much of it sticks, but it's still fun doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is so tough because I really do love a movie with good kills, and this one goes balls to the wall for sure. But I just, I don't know. I get so bored in every other part of this movie. I just like. <laughs> I don't I don't want to watch the characters run around and and engage with the plot because there really isn't too much plot to this movie. Really the only thing that I enjoy is is the genie. And thankfully he is in like m- most of the movie. There isn't yeah. really too many scenes where he isn't in. So that does save it a little bit. But 
I don't know. I almost want to go like 6.5 just because I really am disappointed with how bored I get. Other than the scenes where shit is going down. And then, you know, those scenes end and then you're like, meh, okay. And even the resolution, like, a lot of the times in horror movies, too, they leave it open. They give you a little sign that, like, he's not dead quite yet. But I can't even remember if if they do that in this movie. Like, it just kind of seems like, Tiniest. okay, she she wished him away and now he's, I guess, back in the gem. But, like, also that isn't really saving the day because the gem is still there. Like, yeah. anyways, I... I I, yeah, six. I'm gonna go six point five. the The kills are great, but I don't necessarily know if it's enough to make me in an in an audience. Yes, kind of like you were talking about, Steve, like playing at the Rio with mm-hmm. other people's reactions to the to the gore. I think that would be great, but just on its own, I don't know if I really feel the need to rewatch this. I guess so. Yeah. Uh, I'll give it a six out of ten. It's it's a bit of a rough go. I mean, there is a few parts of this I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting, it's kind of cool. And then the rest of it, I was like, okay, I don't really need this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, aside from the gym, the acting's pretty bad. And the kills are cool, but, like, I don't know. I kind of feel like on a rewatch, knowing they're all coming, it would kind of lose a little bit of its luster. Like, watching it as a first-time watch, I'm like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. That's wild, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking wild. I just feel like on a rewatch, some of that luster would be gone. So I'd be interested to rewatch this because I kind of feel like it would be interesting to see if it's more interesting to watch again or if it was less so. But I kind of feel like it'd be less exciting just to see all those kills again because you're like, kind of feel like I've I've seen them already, you know? So, yeah. That's it for the be careful what you wish for double feature. Hey, <laughs> I love uh, it. Yeah, Steve, where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at the Steve Dead. Uh, you can also follow me on Letterboxd. I didn't bring that up the last time, but I'm on Letterboxd, and uh, everything I watch for review, I uh, generally put up pretty quickly. I'm slowly, 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 but surely getting caught up with all the uh, Trumbull ones that we've done. Um. But yeah, I'm trying to get it all updated because it's honestly my favorite social media is Letterboxd for sure. Uh, and then my website, stevestebbing.ca. And I'm on uh, The Shift with Shane Hewitt every Thursday at 11 p.m. Pacific time. And that's across Canada. So just uh, kind of check your local chorus radio station. Uh, and the thing is, too, is Letterboxd is also my favorite social media. Just don't let Elon Musk know because otherwise he might try to buy it. I don't want him to buy it, and he'll no. overpay for it. Because let's yeah. just say that Twitter was probably only worth twenty to twenty-five billion dollars, and he spent forty-four and is tanking it. So, yeah, he because he's working for the Saudis and mm-hmm. for the Russians. They wanted him to tank it, so they're going to. Yep. Uh, cool, Taylor. Where can people find you in the internet? Um, Instagram and Twitch, my username is Techronomicon. I upload movie scores uh, from the movies we cover on the movies, also on uh, 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 movies we cover on the podcast, uh, on Letterboxd as well, under the username Circeanic. And then I have a blog where if anything else exciting goes on, I post about it there, circeanic.home.blog. I'm over at 3AngryNerds.com where I'm every other day. I've got new content going up. You know the drill. 
I don't think I mentioned Letterboxd on my on the last episode either. It must have been something with Pumpkinhead that just made us forget. But uh, yeah. <laughs> Fatal Koala on Letterboxd, Film Critic on Twitter. I'm sometimes on 630 Chad out of Edmonton and uh, CKNW News Talk 980 out here on Vancouver. So check out that. I'll probably do something for the holidays with them because they usually like to bring me on to talk about some kind of uh, holiday-related movies. Uh, and, you know, what better way to get the holiday spirit than to revisit uh, two Brian De Palma movies next time? Uh, we're going to be talking Raising Kane uh, and Dress to Kill. Both fantastic movies, I think. So, But we'll, we'll talk about those next time. Well, until next time, everybody. Bye for now.